What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Tell Me Something podcast. Before we get started, head over to Facebook and like us, Instagram, and follow us, YouTube, and subscribe to the channel and like all the videos, just like everything. If you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the bottom and hit that fifth star and hook us up with the five-star review because you're awesome and we really appreciate it. Um, if you're listening on any other podcast platform, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and keep listening as we put these out weekly. Today on the podcast, it's just the wife and I. Uh, we have no guests because we are on quarantine. We got quarantined for 14 freaking days, so we'll be locked up in the house, but it's all good. It'll give us a chance to put out more podcasts, maybe. We'll see how that goes. Well, but today on the podcast, uh, we are talking about education, uh, pursuing higher education versus learning or discovering a trade, learning a trade, um, however you want to put it. But this entire podcast revolves around education. Uh Hopefully y'all enjoy it. We definitely did. It was a good time talking about it. Um, and I'm rambling, so let's just get to the podcast. So without further ado, here we go. Tell me something podcast. Tell me something podcast. Tell me something podcast. Tell me something podcast. Two, three. It's the Tell Me Something You gotta have talent. I'm sure there's a school for that. Probably some kind of training. Stop whispering. Well, normally you tell me I'm talking way too loud. <laughs> so I'm trying to take your feedback. I think you're just whispering because it's quiet in here. It is quiet. And the in kids here. are asleep. Something like that. Something like that. Yep. You ready for this? Yep. I'm kind of like still. Not 100% sure on what we're going to talk about, so. I mean, I get the gist, but I don't really know, like, which way you're going to take it. So, we're just rolling. So, we're just rolling. Just rolling. It's All not right. my style. But we're doing it. We're fucking winging it. <laughs> it's the best way to do it. For you? Yeah, because you make a plan and you do all this thing to, uh, to execute your plan. But it's like Mike Tyson says. Uh, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. I'm not going to get punched in the face at my own kitchen table. You don't know that. Unless it's going to be you, you and might, then we're going to be fighting. You might piss me off. You want to fight? <laughs> <laughs> You've been telling me that all day. And I still don't know why. Because sometimes you're just trying to fight. I wasn't trying to fight. I was just hanging out, playing NBA 2K. Uh, that's why. <laughs> I was just listening to my book and folding laundry. Watching movies. Twilight. Twilight, because a new a, book came out. That's not a movie. That might not be a movie you like, but it doesn't make it any less a movie. That means it's not a movie. No, that's not true. The book is garbage. No, the book was good. The movie's garbage. <laughs> They're both garbage. No, the books are good. It's about a vampire and a wolf fighting over some girl. So? The first one has nothing to do with the wolf. He's not even a wolf yet. Well, the wolves so are the cool part of that, those movies. Well, anyways, the new book came out. And so I'm listening to it on audiobook, and it's pretty good. Still think it's not it's really stupid. a new book; it's the same book from a different perspective. Because the old books are from the girl's perspective, and then this one's from the dude's perspective. It's interesting. <laughs> I still think it's garbage. Okay, I'll take uh, it's garbage. Stephen King's perspective on it. He talks about Harry Potter and and Twilight. They're not the same books. 
well, it's about like what's in the book, the content. So Harry Potter, it teaches you a few things, how somebody goes through adversity and they overcome obstacles and whatnot. Have you read Twilight? Hold on. Nope. Have you read Twilight? And then he talks about Twilight. He's like, all it teaches you about girl problems with boys. Okay. And those are <laughs> things that kids need to know. However, comment, if you've never read the books, you can't have an opinion on it. And yes, you have I never can. read the books. So saying that they're garbage or that it teaches you nothing doesn't really point you in the right direction because you've never read the books. A vampire and a wolf fall in love with a human. Okay, a and wizard goes to a fake school and has a an adversary try to take him down his whole life. Exactly. Somebody's trying to kill him. Okay, somebody's trying to kill her. Only because she's involved with the boy vampire. Okay, you're trying to compare a vampire to a freaking wizard. Like, you're wrong here. <laughs> you have to read the I'm books. I'm not wrong. It's I like the Fifty Shades of Grey books. Everyone oh, was like, that's even worse. Everyone was like, these are trash. But the books were good. They had like... They were good. All it is... Did you read the books? It's porn in text. No, That's it's all not. it is. Okay, it has that. But there was a story behind it. It tells you why he was the way he was. There was an... Under- There's stories in porn. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to argue the point. You can't say that a book is garbage if you've I never read it. People, if you listen to this, tell us your thoughts on that. On Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey. And also tell us your opinions on can you judge a book if you've never read it? Because the answer to that is no. Shit, yeah. No, you can't. You can't sit here and say like these books that sold millions and millions and millions of copies, made all this money, got turned into like gigantic blockbuster films are garbage, yet you've never read them. That's an uneducated statement that you're making. Mm-mm. out of straight ignorance because you have not even read them to know no, what you're talking because about. because I've listened to people talk about them. Okay, but that's someone else's opinion. That'd be like me saying, I'm not going to do any research on any topic, but I'm going to take someone else's opinion and hold that as gospel. That makes no sense. I saw the movies. They're oh, Okay, not, the movies aren't good. <laughs> not the Fifty Shades of Grey movie, but I saw the Twilight movies. Okay, you also saw the Harry Potter movies. Were they as good as the books? They were still good. Were they as good as the books? Well, I've only read two books. So. No, because there's so much left out. They follow different storylines. I'm not going to argue with you about books. <laughs> I have read all three of these series. They are all good series. The movies do not do any of them justice, but they all are good series. And now I'm reading the last book in the series to Twilight, and it's good. I disagree. But I went back today and I watched the movie because I was reading the book from the main character boy perspective uh, in the movie's trash. <laughs> it's so bad. It like doesn't follow the book at all. It's just, yeah, but the book is still good, but well, you don't have to like it. I'm judging the book by its cover and everything else that I've heard about it. And the movies are even worse, except for the wolves tearing apart fucking vampires. That shit was badass. That doesn't happen until the very last like scene of the whole series. That was the best scene, or the only good scene. No, it wasn't. Okay. You win this round. I'm not going to argue with you about books that you don't know anything about. Score one for the good guys. (laughs) I just get frustrated. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, everybody, to the Tell Me Something podcast. I'm your host, Cruz Robbie Villanueva, um, who dislikes Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey. With no context. (laughs) And I'm here with my co-host. Holly Villanueva. Hi. What's up, babes? Well, you know, just arguing about books. Yeah. <laughs> well, arguing about good books and stupid books. No. 
I could say that about all the books you read. Like but what? But I don't. Like which ones? Because I haven't read them, so I can't say anything about them. Because the books I read aren't stupid. To you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to bash the books uh, you I, read. I, I understand your argument, but I still think Twilight. Yeah. Okay. I said not you win this round. I'm not going to argue with you about it. And I still stand by Fifty Shades of Grey being porn in text. Okay, you can stand by that. You've also never read them, so you don't know <laughs> the books or what they're about. That's like every guy's perspective. is It's just porn in text. But it's such a small portion of the book when there's so much more like underlying storylines. Like there's all these things, but yes, there is like the sex part of the book. But the book itself, that's not the whole context of it. It doesn't start and be like, do you want to order a pizza? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's what I tell people about porn. The pool board, but they don't bring listen a to pizza. Me. All they see is the sex. But I tell them, look, there's good stories in there. <laughs> no, okay, that's not what it's for. There's some drama. There's some comedy. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, <laughs> we're back to arguing about books. Uh, I'm just kidding about the porn, but um, so we don't have a guest today again because we're in quarantine. <laughs> we are in fucking quarantine. That's what happens when you try to do good things and take your kids to the doctor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, out of all people, our doctor's the one that tested positive for COVID. So now yeah, we so. are quarantined for 14 days. So nobody can come to the house. So storyline, a lot of people have asked, and we'll just like kind of break down what happened. So our son came back from summer vacation and had to get a physical because he does – gymnastics on the high school team but he's in eighth grade so the texas athletic department i don't know what it would be called for high school um like granted a waiver or for middle school and high school granted a waiver that if you had a physical within the last 12 months that physical could stand for the next year but since michael is in middle school but is on a high school team that waiver wasn't didn't encompass his group. So everybody who's in middle school that's on high school teams have to get another physical. So we go to this physical. Um, and we got like some news. He had to do some follow-ups. No big deal. And then like what? Three days later. So that was on Monday last week. And on Thursday we got the call that said, hey, the doctor that you saw for the physical tested positive. Um, you have to go in quarantine for 14 days. Mm -hmm. On day 12, you'll come in and get tested. Well, because we live in San Angelo, the school district put out a thing before the kids started school that all parents had to sign. It was a parent acknowledgement that said, like, hey, if your kid or anyone in your household comes in contact with a COVID-19 positive patient or gets COVID-19, then no students in the entire district from your family can come. So because Michael was in contact with a positive case, all of our kids had to quarantine. Yeah. So anybody in the house that's quarantined means that every student in the house gets quarantined. So we are all quarantined. The kids are quarantined. Everybody says, oh, it must be nice to have a two-week vacation. It's trash. It's not a vacation. Tomorrow the kids are going to be here doing school online. Um, and going off of what we did last year, that shit was a beast. I think they have like a better hold on it this year after all the madness that we went through last year because hopefully last year it was rough but I mean it could have been way worse considering they literally had like 
two days to get the entire curriculum yeah, online yeah, for the is. whole district with no like forefront of this was going to happen. Yeah. So at least now they had some prep time, but so, so the kids were going to school physically, but now they're transitioning to online and, Just then, for two a, weeks. and then after the two weeks, they're going back. Yeah. So I wonder how that transition is going to be and how their grades are going to work and is there any going to be any kind of mix up where something falls off or and whatnot? Well, they're not changing them from in person to virtual. They're just going to so there's a virtual um interface, I guess you would call it, that when you chose if your kid was going to go back to school in person or go back to school virtually, um they were going to use this interface called Schoology. Schoology. But it, I don't think it is Schoology because it just is school Logy. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Schoology sounds cooler. I think it's schoology, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so the kids who are going virtual all the time are using schoology like 100% of the time. But the kids who are in-person school are just doing virtual school, but in a classroom. So they're all using the interface. Even if they're going to in-person school, they're still using that interface. They just are in there with a the physical teacher. Um so nothing will change. They'll still do the same work that they would do in person on that interface. They'll just be doing it at home instead of with a teacher. That's like our, our son, he's in eighth grade. They just straight up gave him a, a Chromebook that he brought home and it has all the stuff uploaded to it. Um, that thing's pretty nice. It is nice. So he has everything at the touch of a button. And then our kindergartner, she has to like practice writing her name. I don't know what she's going to do on the internet, but we'll see tomorrow, I guess. The same thing as last year. Yeah, practicing letters. and. Yeah, but her teacher last year, like shout out to all the teachers last year who did well, but Dallas's teacher was not one of them. She was like, I don't know what to tell you. Tell her to color some color sheets. And I'm like, hmm. I mean, granted, it was pre-K. It wasn't even I mean, real, so. Yeah, pre-K. I mean, what else do they do other than that anyway? Like they write the their day? letters, their name. Yeah. Not count? ABCs? But, I mean, she was doing that, some of that. Or she Before. was doing some of that at the house. Yeah. Yeah. It just sucks because we had to go back and forth between all four of them. Yes. So, that's four, four different, different curriculums. curriculums. <laughs> four different grades. Uh, yeah. So, you jump from learning the letter A. <laughs> To do an algebra. <laughs> yes. Um, I will say that, like, um, I think the kids weren't ready. I don't know. I have, like, a twofold for that. So, I think the kids really enjoyed doing school from home. Like, they asked me, can we do this all the time? Um, but I don't think they were ready for the, um, the level I was going to hold them to with doing <laughs> – school at home I thought I think they thought like it was going to just be a breeze and education is very important to me so they they did their schoolwork with the same effort they would put in had they been in class um they did really well I would say because we went from March March to June with uh, me being at home with them doing their school and I mean they didn't miss one assignment they they did well but they weren't ready for for old mom to come in and be the teacher. <laughs> they were like, oh, shit. Uh, I think, so they did say that, can we can we do this from now on? Which, they thought it was a good idea at the beginning. But I 
I think it, towards the end, once they finished and they went into summer, they were ready to go back to school once the school year started. Yeah, but I think um, I think it was more a social, like yeah, a social. Yeah, that's, that's what I was gonna say. The social aspect is what yeah. they miss. Like they miss the interaction with all the other kids and and, and the teachers and stuff. And because it's it's hard, you're not gonna get that. Yeah, um, homeschooling. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean we're lucky because we have four kids, so they interacted with each other. But everybody else, I mean, if you're teaching your kid and it's only there's only one kid. Yeah, that social aspect is is missing. And you get a lot from that, whether it's good or bad. You just, you're still getting that because, it, I mean, all the years of high school and, and the social interact high school, all the years of schooling and the social interaction will eventually prepare them for the real world to a certain extent because. I think you just come in contact with so many people who have different morals and ethics and ways of upbringing and it just like kind of opens your eyes to the world um both good and bad so yeah uh i i enjoyed being home and teaching the kids but i was ready to go back to work yeah um and i mean we had like a schedule we got up we went on walks we had breakfast we had outside time we played sports We did homework, we did projects, all the things. But um, I think it's the same thing for parents. Like I needed that adult interaction to just talk to a grown-up and have a real conversation that wasn't, please stop making a Z instead of an S. Um, (laughs) So I think it's, I don't know, some parents um, quit their jobs to stay at home and teach their kids virtually. And I commend you if that's what you did, but... For us, um, I think we're very well-equipped. We're educated people. Um, I think we are well-equipped to get the kids through virtual education, but um, I would much rather them go to school and Well, it's, and it's asking a lot from, from parents, uh, regardless of your level of education. Because you look at, I guess, from middle school and up, teachers they start to they go on specific tracks yeah so they don't teach math english history and whatever else there is science and who know now there's like so many different subjects it's crazy it's just hey you have a math teacher and then you have a science teacher but if you go at home uh like they expect parents to be a teacher of everything you know, and it's just overwhelming. Yeah, I don't think, and again, like, I don't want to go on this rant about teachers because I think they did their best with what they had last year. But um, Yeah, they were in a shitty position, too. I think they just straight up took their curriculum and put it online with no thoughts of parents who, A, have multiple children, B, work full-time. Um, and then you get into the other things, and... I would say we were very lucky in the aspect that we had four laptops so all the kids could have a laptop. We had um, a desktop, a printer, um, internet. And those are things that a lot of people just don't have. Um, So we were lucky in that I could put all the kids in front of a computer at the table and kind of walk around and like help them with each thing individually. Um, But there were parents who are single parents who had to work all day 
and then get their kid and put them in a car and drive to somewhere that had Wi-Fi and sit in a car and try to help their kid with homework from a car with crappy Wi-Fi um, and then try to get home and get some sleep because they had to go back to work the next day. Yeah. And that shit is real. That was, there were some kids and I mean, we have a, a neighbor who is a high school teacher and there are some kids who just didn't go to school the entire time it was virtual. So yeah. they missed half of a year of their education, which is not their fault in any way, shape or form, but it put them way behind the educational curve. It made them behind on foundational knowledge that you just need to progress through your educational career, I would say. And then um, it put a huge strain on parents. Yeah. So. It was, uh, well, yeah, she said, so a lot of those students that just didn't show up virtually, they weren't showing up physically. Yeah. Yeah. Before COVID hit. But the number increased Mm -hmm. on that. And that's those, some of those students are just, it's stuff that's out of their control. Uh, I mean, yeah, we were lucky enough that we were in a position that we could do that. And then especially with, with, uh, work hooking us up and giving us that time to, 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 uh, like switch on and off to stay at home to, to help the kids. Um, because there's some people that they just, they, they can't take off work. Like you can't, you can't do that. And, you know, some people were lucky enough that they could quit their job and and stay at home and, and still be good everywhere else. But that is not an option for a lot of people. So, I mean, our district was really good. They took school buses and straight up outfitted them to be like Wi-Fi stations. Um, And they just parked them all over the city and broadcasted Wi-Fi into the neighborhoods, Um, which was awesome, I think. That was um, something they, A, didn't have to do, and B, probably cost the district a lot of money. Um, But, I mean, our district did well. They served lunch and breakfast every day. You could go to the school and pick it up for free. Mm -hmm. I mean, we didn't take advantage of that um, just because – I don't know. I'm a, I'm very much of the mindset of like, and I know this is wrong. So before anyone judges me, like I know this is wrong, but I'm of the mindset that you should do that if you need to, not just because it's available. What, what do you mean? So the free lunches and breakfast oh, that the school oh, gave yeah, away, yeah, yeah. like we didn't go get that because it wasn't something we had to do. Like if we didn't go there, our kids weren't going to go hungry. Um, and, but I'm I very much am always thinking like if I go and get four lunches for the kids does that mean like there's somebody who's going to show up later and there's not going to be a lunch for them when we have plenty of food to eat at the house I mean I don't think that would be the case but yeah it's just always in the back of my mind yeah yeah that's still but our district went way out of their way to make sure that everything went as smoothly as possible I mean you could go to the school you could check out laptops they had the buses going around giving free wi-fi um, I think even the internet company here, even though it's hot garbage, <laughs> um, did a like 90 day, we'll come put internet in your house for free. Yeah, they did do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was a situation or a shitty situation all around. And uh, yeah, hopefully now it's a little bit better. But I mean, as soon as we're done with this quarantine, like the kids are going right back to school. Yeah. Um, one, because we have to, we have to work. And then the kids just want to go back. Yeah, they More were so very for the social aspect when of it. Yeah. They found out about the quarantine. Yeah, they yeah. were not happy. Yeah, we were two days into school. Yeah. And then we got quarantined. 
which was weird because the school started on a Wednesday mm -hmm. as opposed to a Monday like every other year it started. It was weird. But they did a um, – it kind of made sense. So they did a three-day just straight-up advisory, advisory like step-in, I would call it, where they just went and they kind of spent three days just learning the new processes of how to go to school in COVID. Yeah. And then like that was last Wednesday, so – five days ago and then tomorrow is the official like we're starting school no joke here's your curriculum we're gonna like head in and our kids won't be there so that sucks yeah i so i think like one of the good things that came out of this was teaching kids how to to work virtually i mean the direction that we're headed in as as people <laughs> Yeah. Like everything's going through a computer or a cell phone or whatever. Everything everything is going online, more online, everywhere. When the, the mm -hmm. Companies, businesses, you, like your banking, everything's going online and you have to learn how to use a computer and how to navigate websites and type and all this stuff. And, and I think this is like uh, this whole COVID thing and forcing students to go online is giving them the advantage for later on uh, once they get out of school, once they graduate high school or, or whatever. Um, they'll be ahead of the game. Yeah. Um, and I mean, both of us have degrees and we got them online. So I think the kids felt more comfortable going to school online because they've just seen us doing it for yeah. their whole lives <laughs> so it's like oh mom's doing homework dad's doing homework and it's always on the computer it's no big deal so when we were like go do your homework and they were on the computer it was kind of just a normal to them like oh we're doing it on the computer it's not it wasn't like culture shock like what do you mean it's on the computer they had seen it so it wasn't like foreign to them uh did you did you ever see that meme uh it was uh it said uh for those uh, college students that don't think online degrees are a real thing or count, guess who's getting an online degree now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I've always argued that point because um, I have my share of degrees and all of them have came from online. Um, but nowhere on my degree does it say you went to school online to get this. Yeah. It's it just holds a the university. same weight as yours. Um, and granted, okay, like I got my bachelor's through Ashford, which is a primarily online school. So I if think it's you, all, does it have a physical campus? Mm -hmm, it has a brick and mortar school, oh. but, um, but it's primarily a online school. So, um, when you see that degree, you're like, oh, this degree is from online. But when I got my master's from university of the incarnate word, that's a straight up brick and mortar school. So, um, to have an online degree from there, you would never know unless I told you um, or you're listening to this podcast that yeah. it's from me going to school online. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And the uh, incarnate word is, uh, it's like, I guess, one of the prestigious schools in in Texas. Or San Antonio for sure. No, uh, it was, when I graduated from there, it was the number two academic school. So a lot of schools in Texas, like, don't get your panties in a wad. Like, they're rated based on 
sports, not based on academia. So, like, it's the number two school in Texas or whatever. Okay, like, yes, your football's good. But what is the what are the academics? Um, and UIW was number two in academics behind only Baylor. But more importantly, where did their football team rank? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, everybody – yeah, most people they'll go off like their their college sports team to see where schools rank rather than than academics. Yeah, and um it was hard for me to get in there. Mm-hmm. Um it wasn't so when I went to get my bachelor's, I started at AMU, which is American Military University. Strictly online um, school. Yeah, strictly online. There's no mostly for uh military and veterans. Yeah, so I started there. Um, their classes were long. They were eight weeks. <laughs> I say that's long. It was like a two month. It was two months for classes. Um, and I just wasn't enjoying it. And I had to take, all right, guys, here's Holly's real problems. I had to take a history class. And it was going to be eight weeks of history. Oh, man, I couldn't do it. I hate history so hard. And then... Someone told me about Ashford and their classes were five weeks. And I was like, ooh. Fuck yeah. So I applied and I was like, hey, when can I start? And they was like, on Monday. And I was like, sign me up. Yeah. So I started then uh, and finished my bachelor's. It took me a long time to get my bachelor's. Um, Not long time in context, but long time for me based on how I normally go to school and the the way I tackle school, I guess, my own mindset. Yeah. Um, Like brick and mortar schools, you go, you go to four years four and years. you get your degree online it's all Probably about two years yeah. two and a half years I started my bachelor's in 2010 uh had a kid along the way <laughs> um stopped going to school started going to school stopped going to school started going to school um I think I finally got my I finally finished it in 2013 wait and you didn't have really mm-hmm Holy shit. I guess you did. Because I finished it right after Orlando was born. So in 2013. So and what, then I took nine months off. Hold on. What what college credits did you have going into Ashford? Um, I'd taken like four or five classes through AMU. And then my pre-AP classes from high school. And then my CCAF. My associates. Yeah. So I probably had, I probably had 15 classes I had to take. Um, and yeah. Then when I went, to, when I started going to Ashford, I buckled down. That's when I knew I wanted my degree. I wanted to be done with it. Um, and I think I finished it in right at 14 months. Because it took me forever. Because I started AMU in 2010. I think I did one class that entire year. And then in 2011, I started classes up again and did like three or four. Stopped because that's when I went to be an MTI in 2012. Mm-hmm. And it started again in 2013 at Ashford after you found out that classes Classical were five, five weeks, weeks long. So I transferred there. But it from 2013 until 2016. So it took that long to get my degree. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I normally caveat by this and I haven't said it yet, but, um, people talk down on Ashford because the classes are five weeks. 
But I will say in an eight-week versus a five-week class, you have to be committed and you have to, like, have the draw to education um, because they're taking eight weeks worth of curriculum and shoving it into five weeks. From my perspective, I didn't see any difference other than the class was shorter. Like the workload, uh, the amount of effort that you had to put in, I felt like it was the same. I would um, say the effort you put in was the same, but the workload was definitely heavier for me. I had more work to do in those five weeks where at AMU, I had probably one discussion a week and maybe one paper every other week. And in Ashford, I had two discussions and one paper every week with no no fail. So I know I had a few classes like that, but most of them weren't that way. Um, like you all, at, in every class you at least did two papers at a minimum, yeah. for sure. But we also got our degrees in different things, so we took way different classes. Yeah, I just... I don't know. And and everybody does talk down about, well, for one, Ashford having five-week classes. I don't, if you could get the information in five weeks as opposed to eight weeks, more power to you. Like, that's the way I see it. And then people talk down, especially on degrees online. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, you got your degree online? Nah, that's not a real degree. I, I say bullshit. Uh, because, so in my opinion, and this is me, like, degrees now... Or, or your bachelor's degree is kind of like what your high school degree was way back when. It's yeah. kind of the piece of paper that gets you in the door mm-hmm. anywhere. So now yeah. it's almost becoming like the minimum requirement. Uh, so whether you went to a brick and mortar school and you got a degree from this prestigious college or you went online at at University of Phoenix. Or, yeah. Uh, what's that one? I think that's the one like that started online education or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got your degree. The bottom line is like, there's some places they're going to say, do you have a bachelor's? Yes or no. It's a yeah. check the box. That's it. Um, I think where the difference comes in with, with college degrees, whether it be an online or brick and mortar school or like the specialties like doctors, lawyers. But you can't do that stuff online. That's what I'm like, saying. Yeah. Those are the differences. Um, So, and I don't know, I kind of like always get stuck in a back and forth on my own opinions on these things because um, you can have all the degrees in the world and be a complete idiot. Yeah. Um, And you can get out of high school and go to college for four years and check the box on a degree and you just partied your way through and showed up to class and took a test. Yeah. Yeah. it's what you get out of your education and I don't know, like for me, education is very important. So I put a lot of effort and I spend a lot of time on my work. Um, and some people open up other people's discussions, see what they wrote, put some stuff down that kind of is similar to what somebody else wrote and called it a day. Yeah. Um, and I just, I think it's all what the effort you put in and what you're hoping to get out of it. Because if I have a degree in administration and then I go apply for a job and they ask me a question, some arbitrary question that I need to know from having my degree and I have no idea because I didn't pay attention to those classes, um, that degree is as good as a piece of blank copy paper. So, And that, yeah, and for me, the, the way I feel about it, like that's what it is for me. Like my degree is just, hey, it's to say that I have a bachelor's degree because... Uh, so I was 
fortunate enough, and I'm using air quotes, uh, I went to a university, uh, to a brick and mortar school. I went to community college and then I went to school online. So I kind of have a, a, a good, uh, uh, good point of reference. I don't know if that's, if I'm using that right. Anyway, I like, I saw all three of them and I saw how it worked. And at the end of the day, not a single one of those universities um, was I like, this class was very important to me because this is where I learned this, this and that. Um, because throughout all those, I mean, I took my first class at a university in 2002. And then I went to community college in 2004. And then I started online uh, the AMU in 2010 and then finally graduated in 2016. Um, but there's not one class that I remember that's like, oh, I remember I learned this in this class um, and it changed my world. Yeah. What I take away from uh, from all the colleges that I've been to uh, and then especially online was writing and researching and like refining your stuff and yeah. then presenting a good product. And it definitely developed that skill, which helps everywhere else. Yeah. Um, that's what I took away from college the most. Uh, and my degree is in health and wellness because I thought it was going to help me um, with, uh, I wanted to open the gym and then I wanted to be a football coach. So I thought it would help me in both of those, but that's not really what the health and wellness degree was for <laughs> when I started taking the classes. But um, yeah, the biggest skill that I took away from college was reading a shitload and trying to understand the, the stuff that you're reading, like research papers and scientific journals and all that shit that's just like it gets confusing um until you learn how to read that stuff that's what helped me uh especially online yeah so i will say and i've said it throughout this podcast but i just think it's like the the drive you have for your own education so for me like as a person and for like our kids there is very few things in life that will come before education. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, there's no like single point of class where I was like, this class is like the crux of what I need for my education. But I will say um, just in general, learning learning the skills I would need for my next degree. Um, and I don't know, for me, like not going to school is weird. Yeah. So right now I'm on an academic break. I'll start class again on Tuesday, the 25th. Um, but like being out of class for a semester, it's weird to me. It's good and it's bad because you have that relief of when you finish the class, like, oh, I finally get a break yeah. and then you're about a week or two in and you're like, uh, I like, need to be doing something. Yeah. And it's, it's not as bad for me. So for those of you who don't know, like my academic journey, so I have two associates, a bachelor's and master's and I'm working on my doctorate. Um, and so for me in those gaps, I can use that time to work on my dissertation, which I really need. Um, because that's hard. Like that's a hard, ending but um 
Yeah, because that you're going to have to present in front of a board, right? Yeah, a board of like subject matter experts. So I will like I will present my problem, my research, my data, and I'll have to defend it. Like yeah. this is the information. These are the studies that were conducted. These are the facts. This is the research that is unknown what still needs to happen. Um, and they can straight up just shut me down and be like, like, we're not going to approve that. Sorry, try again. Um, but once my dissertation is published and it's approved, um, it will be a source that other people use. So when people are... Um, so you, you definitely can't bullshit your way through that. No, you can't. <laughs> so when people are looking at like emerging technologies, like how is technology used in the classroom? Um, like my paper would be something they cite in their own research papers. So it has to be like, I, I think the minimum is 40 pages, not including citations and all that madness. Um, and I mean, it's broken down into chapters. Like it's, it's a real life paper. So you have to, um, but I also think it's important that, um, and this is my own opinion. Like people could very like, like disagree with me. Um, but I think it's important that you have the ability to look at things and understand it on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, that you're not a very like, I like hands on, like, I need you to show me how to do this. Like teach me the ways and I will do exactly what you do kind of type of learner. Because for me, I can teach myself something just by looking at like, like in math, I can read a chapter about trig and I can teach it to myself. And there are a lot of people who can't do that, who try to go to online school and really struggle. And, um, and I struggle with that because I can't do that. I can't read. Yeah. My reading comprehension sucks. So I have to go over stuff a whole bunch. So, um, yeah, when I'm reading pages and pages of stuff, like I need to go back through it to kind of reinforce what I'm trying to get out of it. Like my best way of learning is doing, that's why the researching and the typing papers and all that stuff stuck with me because that was stuff like I was doing, like I was physically doing, right? I was sitting there and doing the work. But if I go through and read a journal, like I have to go back multiple times to try and understand what I just read. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, so I'm I'm one of those people that can't, it's a struggle. Not that I can't do it, but it's not, it doesn't come as quickly for me. Is it hard for you to retain things that you read? Yes, very much so. So like, I'm the opposite of that. Like like when I read it, I can just like, like I can read something, like scan over it and the key points are going to stick out to me. Not to me. I'll have to read that multiple times. Either I'll have to read it a whole bunch of times and like focus in on what I want to learn or whatever I just read, I need to apply it immediately to something. Um, and then it'll stick with me that way because I'm a very, so first I'm a hands-on learner. So I got to do something. Uh, and then second, visual learner. So if I could see you do something and then I'll do it, that I'll learn it like that. But if I have to read something or listen to somebody, tell me, like, give me directions, and then I try to do it, it's going to take me a few times. But like, so with all the books that I read, I read a shitload of books. I'm lucky if I'll retain one or two percent of what I just read so I learned as as I learned that about myself when I read books I just have 
I look for two or three takeaways from an entire book, whether it's a self-help book uh, or, or a history book. Like there's two or three things that will be in there that I'll take away and I'll know and that's what will stick with me. And it's not that I'll brain dump everything else. It's just I can't remember it or whatever. And then, well, the same thing applies whenever I'm going through school. Uh, so like I'll, I'll read something and then I'll try to type it out. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's part of the reason, well, I'm a procrastinator as well, but that's part <laughs> of the reason why I wait to last minute to do things because whatever reading is assigned for that week and then you do your posting, your paper, whatever, uh, the second half of the week, I can't read something and then just sit on it and think about it and then come back two days later and write whatever I need to out. Yeah. I need to read the paragraph, the page, the 10 pages, and then write. Yeah. So I'm kind of like that. I would say um, I can't, and a lot of people are really good at this. I'm horrible at it. Um, and so this is why the dissertation is really like, it's making me crazy. But I can't start writing a paper and then stop and come back and pick up where I left off. Yeah, that's hard too. So if I have like a 20-page paper due, I'm hitting it in one go. Like I'm starting it page one and I'm writing 20 pages. Um, And that's not to say I'm going to turn it in right then. Like I'll go back and refine, make sure that my citations make sense, make sure that formatting is good. I'm not using the same word too many times. Um, I'm not like um, putting the same thing in multiple times in different parts of the paper. But um But I can't say like, okay, I'm going to do my overview and my conclusion. And then I'm going to just write like about the first main topic. And then tomorrow I'll come and write about the second main topic. I can't do that. Um, But I would say I have a really good retention of information. So if I read something really fast and I read really fast too, that's... um, I think by doing that, it makes me remember more. I don't know. I'm weird about like how I read, but um, being read to like somebody reading to me, it makes my blood boil. I (laughs) hate it. Um, So if I'm, this gets me a lot at work. If I'm at work and someone's trying to read to me an email that they received, I'm like, can you please just forward it to me and like stop reading aloud to me because I cannot pay attention to anything that that person is saying. Um, so in my degree now, I had an instructor a couple classes ago who would lecture, but she would just read the book. Oh man. Like, and it was part of your grade to watch the video, but you couldn't like fast forward through it. So you had to watch the video of her reading. (laughs) It made me crazy. I would just turn it on at work and let it play in the background on my computer at work while I was like working so I could get points for watching the video, but I would just have my volume on mute because I can't do it. But I don't know. I just think that whether you go to, whether you go to community college, whether you go online, whether you're 50 or 18 and you're getting your degrees, I think it's just a, why are you getting it? Are you getting it to check a box or are you getting it because you want to further your education? Yeah. And, um, and B, like, what are you going to do with it? So, like, if if you're going to school just to get a degree, then go for the easiest thing that you can go for. Like, go for, 
I don't know how to sew socks. Like who cares what your degree's in if you're not planning on using it in your career or in your like field, um, but you just want to check a box because at that point, yeah. like you're wasting everybody's time. And I'll, I will bet the house that the major there's a high percentage of of students that that's what they do they're mm-hmm. they're going to college and they're just checking a box you might start out have with this idea and i say this from experience like hey this is what i want to do so this is what i'm going to go to college for and then you get to college but in reality you're you're 17 you're 18 you're 19 years old you really don't know shit about shit unless you had a really hard life before that then that's different um but like i went to college and <laughs> Uh, my major was computer science. Why? Because I liked computers. Like, yeah, I like to tinker with computers and at a very basic level. Um, but I quickly found out that computer science was this big, major, complicated deal that <laughs> involved more than just tinkering with computers. And after that, I was like, well, I really don't know what I want to do, but the next step's supposed to be college, so I'm here. And the other part was I just wanted to play football. That's why I was really there. But, yeah. like, because that's what people tell you, right? That that's the next step. You got to go to college. Uh, now, I don't think, I, I don't think that's true. Like, as much as I would yeah. like the kids to go to college, if they don't, as long as they have a path they want to follow, I'm good with that. I'll support that. But, like, maybe... 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, like that was a thing. You you graduate high school, you go to college, and then you get a good job or start your own business or whatever, and, and you can be successful. But now I, I think you can go forego college and be just as successful. You just – I think you can insert – it just depends what you want to do. Um, I think if you want to stay – as just a worker bee. Like, you just want to go to work and get a paycheck and, like, go home. I don't think college is as important. Um, but, like you said earlier, college is kind of the ground level now. So, if you want to work at, like, big corporations or you want to make, like, I mean, life is expensive. So, if you want to make good money, um, I think you have to have some additional education to start out. Um, But I think there's just so many technical jobs now that just going a technical career path and learning these skills, um, you don't, you don't need college to be successful to make good money. And yeah, you um, definitely don't. And I think, uh, yeah, most college students go the route of just to be a worker bee there's a very few percent a very low percentage people like you um that they know exactly what they want to do with their degree like they know why they're going to college they know what they want to do once they graduate they they kind of have a pass as opposed to people like me just because that was the next thing to do right and i didn't know what else to do ultimately i joined the military and it was great um but you're right like times are changing People are getting a trade and fucking they get into they're being extre- they're extremely successful in just learning a trade, going to a technical school for a year or six months or, or maybe a little bit longer and learning that trade and then just starting their own business and being completely successful. Um, 
and I don't mean successful like making millions. I mean like they're making the living that they want to make and yeah. they're making it on their own terms. Um, that's something that I would like, I hope the kids have a path. That even if they go learn a trade, if they go to college, I want them to know what they're going to college for. I'm like a big supporter of if you don't know what you want to go to school for, like if you're not going to school uh, to earn a specific degree because you don't know or you're not going to school because you're playing a certain sport and playing at that at that college, um, go to community college or go to online college and start with your general academics. It'll cost you a, a few hundred bucks and you're knocking out those credits as opposed to you go to a big university or even just a state university and you're paying thousands upon thousands upon thousands and that's only getting more expensive you're using all that money to get your general studies when you don't even know what you want to do yeah when you can do that at a community college or an online school getting the basics and spending just a few hundred dollars mm. um yeah <clears throat> like i want to support the kids in whichever way they want to go um but i also want them to do a job that they're going to be happy doing, not something that they think is the best thing. Yeah. Um, because, like, when I was 17, I joined the military. Um, I turned 18 in basic training, and I didn't know how to life or adult or anything. Um, so when I started school initially, I was like, oh, I do intelligence in the Air Force. I'm going to go to school to get a degree in intelligence. Here I am 13 years later, and I still hate intelligence. <laughs> like, I don't like this job. Um, You're good at it. Yeah, that's what I, like, that doesn't mean I'm bad at my job. I'm yeah. good at it. I'm smart on it. Like, I do the best that I can. Um, but when I go to bed at night and I wake up in the morning, I'm not like, damn, I'm living my dream life. Like, yeah. because I'm not. Um, but it took me a while to see that, that like, why am I going to school for this? This is stupid. Um, and granted I wasn't paying for it. The military was giving me tuition assistance to put me through school. Um, that's the same thing as going to like community college. And yeah, but it was, it was just not something I enjoyed. I was just doing it because I thought it was right. Yeah. Cause everybody's and telling I, you, I don't want the kids to do that. Yeah. Um, I want, and Ultimately, I have a degree in intelligence just because it's my associates and you get it from doing your job. Yeah. Um, but my other degree, so healthcare studies, healthcare administration, uh, education focused in emerging technologies, um, education, teaching, like those are the things I'm passionate about that I'm, I know I want to do when I get out. Um, yes, I will make great money doing those things, but... Like, even though I'm not using any of those skills now, and that's another thing is just because you're getting your degree on something doesn't mean you have to be doing it right now. You have to look like five years, 10 years from now. So like, I'm not doing what I want to be doing right now, but the skills that I'm learning. So leading, teaching, managing, scheduling, um, time management, like all that stuff are things that I can put on my resume to get the job that I want yeah so no I don't have any experience in um like 
teaching HIPAA at a hospital. But what I do have is thousands upon thousands of hours of teaching. I have all these degrees in healthcare. Um, I've managed people. I've supervised people. I've built schedules. I'm smart on all these um, media platforms, Word, Excel, all these things. And so I have all the skills. It's just a very technical knowledge that I don't have experience at. And those are things that can be taught. So it's not something like you don't have to go into a job saying, I know how to do this job with no training. But if you have all the skills that somebody's looking for and all they have to do is literally say, on Mondays, turn in this report. On Tuesdays, go to this meeting. Um, those are the people that I think, in my own opinion, places are trying to hire vice. Just like you went to school for eight years straight and now you have some degrees, but you have no experience. You have no skills. You're just like, like you have nothing besides can you play beer pong well because you've been in college for eight <laughs> years? So that's the truth. Um, and that's why when people ask me and I get this a lot at work because I am 13 years into a career that has nothing to do with what my education background is. Um, but I will tell you last year when the kids went virtual, um, going to school to get my degree in education with emerging technologies, um, it helped me tremendously to just have the patience and the skills and the knowledge that I needed to be able to teach them how to use these platforms and how to, because you're, you got a four-year-old on a laptop trying to do work. Like, can I get subway surfer on a cell phone? Like she's good at that, but it's just the skills that I've learned through my degree I was able to use in like a real world setting. So now my kids are virtual. How can I use the skills that I've been learning to teach them, to get them on the right path? Because um, I can be the smartest person in the room, but what I am not is the most patient person in the room ever. I have no patience, Um, especially when I'm saying the same thing over and over and whoever I'm talking to just isn't getting it. Yes, they are children. Fully understand that. But you can only say the same thing so many different ways and they still don't understand you. Um, so I don't know. I just, I think one, it has to be something that makes you happy. Um, not something you're doing to make someone else happy. And that's kind of where I was when I started my academic journey. So I just wanted like my supervisor to get off my back about going to school. So I went to school for intelligence and I was getting my degree in something that I hated. Like I did not want to do it. Um, and then to, even if you're not using your degree right now, are you building your skills and what you are doing right now to set you up for success and what you want to do in the future? Yeah. Just like uh, what we do now in the military. Um, Like if you were to slack at that job and just completely sucked, uh, that's going to translate over into whatever else you do. Like once you, you finish your degree and you get, you happen to get a job on, on, on the outside, like think of all the time you wasted in your career in the military um, that could have been applied to what you're doing now. So instead of having a leg up on everybody else, you're starting from the beginning, right at the bottom with everybody else instead of, you know, fucking showing out. Um, Yeah. That's another thing that like really frustrates me about people in the military is people who don't take advantage of the stuff we're given education wise. Um, because 
so what I'm working. So I have two associates, a bachelor's, a master's, and I have not paid one penny for any of that. Yeah. Um. Like yeah. I just the military paid for it all, and for those of you that don't know, so we get what's called tuition assistance, and it basically it it pays for uh, your classes while you're on active duty uh, yep. military service. The GI Bill, that's something totally different. That's after, well, actually, no, you can use it while you're in the military, but that is a separate fund, um, and that's limited um, to the money that you can apply towards your degree. But, but while, you pay into that. So the yeah. GI Bill isn't like something that they're like, oh, hey, you're in the military. Here, take this GI Bill. Yeah. You pay into it and then get it once, I think it's 24 months. Yeah. Yeah. So for like the first two years, you pay into it, and then and then you're able to use it if you want to. Yeah. Uh, and then the GI Bill, you can also pass it on to your family members if if you want. But tuition assistance, that's something that's given to you while you're on active duty, and that is not part of your GI Bill. So you can get, uh, just like you did, you can get your bachelor's and your master's, and then still have your GI Bill after you leave the service or. Um, well, that's what you're using now, right, for your PhD? Yeah, so when I got, I got my associates inadvertently through getting my bachelor's. So as I accomplished, like, credits for my bachelor's, without my knowledge, those credits were also transferring over to cover my associates classes. Yeah. Um, so I ended up with an associates and then my bachelor's and then my master's, which Again, I went to UIW. It's a pretty academically prestigious school in Texas. Um, but they're also what's called a yellow ribbon school. So UIW is very expensive to attend. Um, and Very, very expensive. My TA would not have covered it. So you're talking like roughly $3,500 a class for a master's class. Um, not including your books, not including um, anything like that. So what Yellow Ribbon does is if you're on active duty status, they will drop the prices of their class so that your TA will cover it. Mm -hmm. um, so instead of it being like $1,000 per credit hour, it's $250 per credit hour so that your TA can cover it. Yeah. So for um, a regular class, you're paying, or you're not paying, but the military is paying $750. Yeah. For a class, it should be 3500 And so a lot of schools don't do that for a master. So like, hey, if you want to go that route, you're going to come out of pocket. But more and more schools are turning to that. They, there are a yeah. lot of schools now. You just have to do research on it. And that's yeah. why, like, I looked at University of Texas and they were like, hard pass, like you're going to pay. Yeah. Um, I looked at Baylor and they, they're a yellow ribbon school but they don't cover um, your additional fees, which most classes have additional fees, and they don't pay for your books. Um, and books are ex really expensive. Yeah, books are crazy expensive. And then UIW, um, they paid for your books, and they were yellow ribbon. So I ended up going with them. And I didn't have to take the GMAT, which was awesome, or the GRE. Um, so went that route. And then for my doctorate... You're just hosed there. Like you have to. That's why you're using Nothing's going to cover that. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm using my GI Bill for that. Um, just half of it. So um, I use half of my GI Bill, which is all it takes. I think total it's going to be 40 grand to get my doctorate. Um, 
but that doesn't include any of my books and my books are stupid expensive um and then it doesn't cause it doesn't cover the travel that I'm going to have to use to go to defend my dissertation or the yeah. panel like you have to pay the panel to really? to d- review your dissertation motherfuckers um so it's a lot of money and I'm getting my doctorate through Abilene Christian University um and that's another really good school um but yeah so I started class in two days and I just bought the book and just the book itself was $230 just for one book. Oh. Um, I remember way back when, uh, when was I was rough. going to Sol Ross, uh, uh, university, I had financial aid for the first semester and then the set was it the second semester or third semester. I can't remember. I had to get a loan, a student loan to cover my classes and it was only, uh, it was fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Back then, I was like, "What the fuck? Like, I can't pay this." Um, yeah. Eventually, I did, but like, Sol Ross is one of the cheaper schools, and that was way back in O two. Now, and that was just a class. It wasn't like room uh. and board and everything, because I was staying in the dorms at the time. Fucking ridiculous. But all that to say, yeah. sorry, all that to say. A lot of people in the military don't take advantage of the tuition assistance. The TA, mm-hmm. that's offered to them. You get, for those that are active duty military, they're, they're given um, $4,500 to apply towards classes. A which, year. A, a year, which yeah. ultimately ends up being four classes a year that you can apply that to. And I thought it was y- six. Y- oh, six? Is it six? I think so. Four or six classes. Um, and then depending on how many credits those classes are, because some of them are three credit hours, others are four. But most military members will not take advantage of that money. Success. And I'm guilty of that. I did that. I, I came in in 2005. Mm-hmm. I didn't take my first class until 2010. So mm-hmm. all that money went to waste. Um, or not to waste, but it was unused. And it's not like that money rolls over into the next year. So if you don't use those $4,500, they just, they disappear or whatever the government does with that money. Like it go, yeah, I don't know. It's reallocated or whatever, but yeah, that money just goes away. Like it doesn't, doesn't mean you get an extra $4,500 the following year, um, which will allow you to take more classes. It's just, it just resets $4,500. But so that, that's one of the topics that just grinds my gears. It It gets me because when I was going for my master's, I finished my master's in right under 15 months. So, I mean, I was rocking and rolling through that degree. Um, I just wanted it and I wanted to be done with it. Um, and when you only have $4,500 a year and you run out of money, then you're just stuck, right? Like yeah, you, you, you can't do anything until the next, the next year, the next fiscal year rolls around, which is October the year will roll over um, to spend more money or yeah. to get your $4,500. And then you get into like, is the budget passed? All these things. <laughs> and so you can go months before you could be in a class. And then you get people who straight up don't take advantage of it. And they have $4,500 just sitting there unused. Yeah. It's untapped potential. And then you have people whose hands are just tied. They can't do anything. Yeah. 
Um, and that's why it's frustrating to me. So when, when I was getting my bachelor's, um, I would take two, sometimes three classes at a time. So you think I'm taking three classes at a time for five weeks in, in three months, I'm out of money, um, for, for the air force paying for it. Um, and when you're getting your bachelor's, you could go through and all y'all think we're rich in the military. We're broke as a joke. Most of the time when you're younger in the military, before you figure out how to like do with your hands. But, um, I would apply for Pell Grants and I would get those and I would use them. I mean, people would apply for Pell Grants and go out and buy like laptops and stupid (laughs) shit they don't need. But like I would for real use mine for school like you're supposed to. Um, You're one of the few, babes. I know. And I would go through and like like for real do school and and it does. That's one of the first things when I supervise new people, new airmen, even new NCOs. Um I tell them like if you're not going to school, you're you're missing out on such a great opportunity. Yeah, that's the, just the excuse is always oh well I don't have time. It's like hey, the lower your rank is or in any job like the lower position that you are, your time is only going to get taken away more and more as you go up, as you get promoted, as you, as you go up in rank. Mm-hmm. You're and not even just at your job like. Uh, if you come in as a single person and then you meet somebody and then you start a family, that's even more time taken away. Or maybe you start a side business and that's more time taken away. And it's like, I always use myself as an example. And that might make me sound like cocky or arrogant and it's not the intention, but when people tell me I don't have time, I'm like, okay, well, I got my master's degree with three kids. I was pregnant. My husband was a TI and I worked full time. So you're single and you live in the dorms and you have nothing going on with your life. What, yeah. like, tell me how you don't have time. Yeah. And it's like, we've been there. Like, <laughs> yeah. we, we were airmen once. We were, yeah. we were 18, 19 living in the dorms. Like we, we know the position you're in. And I know my excuse was the same thing. Like, oh, I just don't have time, but I just didn't want to go to school. Yeah. And, and I regret it now that I didn't start earlier because I could have been way done with that shit. Um, but going back to the the tuition assistance, like it doesn't make any sense that if that person didn't use their forty five hundred dollars, that why can't that be applied to somebody else that is taking two or three classes at a time and then have to stop uh, because they run out of of that money when maybe two, three, four out of ten people are are taking advantage of that and the rest of the money is just in there. Like, hey, motherfucker, like give me some of that so I can continue going yeah. and, and finish faster. Uh, but that's just not it's a struggle it's frustrating yeah it's frustrating for sure but then you get into real first world problems like like you're frustrated that somebody's not giving you more free money like (laughs) like you're (laughs) not giving me enough free money so i'm mad and it's like shut the hell up you just took six classes for free not paying for books not paying for anything it was literally just here's six classes placed in your hand and it's it's still not enough um, so I try not to complain about it too much because it is, it's such a privilege of what you get. Um, but I do complain that people just don't take advantage of it. Yeah. And even if you're not in the military, like, uh, this is something I was completely ignorant to when I started going or when I graduated high school. Um, so scholarships, financial aid, Pell grants, all that stuff. Like I didn't know nothing about it. People were trying to talk to me about it, but I was just 
too stupid to listen and it's and, not and widely care. publicized yeah and uh yeah i just threw that stuff to the side and it bit me at bit me in the ass later but uh scholarships what was that stat there's like a crazy number of scholarships that goes unused every, every year. year or every semester or something like that and it's upward in the millions because people because those scholarships just nobody applies for them and why yeah they're not widely publicized um so nobody's like there's no advertisement for them people they do have to do their due diligence and and go look for them but that's a small price to pay to to possibly get a scholarship to to cover your semester or even a year like just take advantage you might have to look a little bit and it's the same thing with ta it's a pain in the ass to to get started uh our chief says hey that's the hardest part just getting started once you get started like it you just you get on you get in your groove and and you're going yeah Yeah. and uh, like that's assuming you want to go to school if you know for a fact that you're not like you're not gonna need school like that's just not your path um, and you have no use for a degree, like you absolutely know, then none of this shit applies to you. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I think we look at it in a different perspective because we're in the military um, and with our job right now. So when I get out of the military, um, I want to teach like rules and regulations and and just healthcare administrative things at a hospital. So I want to be the director of education at a hospital. Mm -hmm. And I'm lining myself up for that. So the job that we have now is a job that you apply for, you get accepted or denied, um, and we apply to come here and teach. So for four years, all we're doing is straight up academic teaching. So when I get out, I have four years of academic teaching under my belt. I'm setting myself up for what I want to do. Um, But when you ask these new airmen who are straight out of basic training, they're just learning how to do their jobs. Why did you join the military? The top two things I get are for school and to travel. Um, and then when you ask these kids like, well, what do you want to go to school for? Like you join the military to go to school. So what do you want to go to school for? Uh, um, um, to go to school. And I'm like, okay. So I try to, I really do. Um, I'll say, hey, this is my plug. You know, you can tune me out if you don't want to listen. But And then I'll put in the plug for using TA for going to school. I'll give my story about how I've done it. Um, and then I just looked up what you said. So last year, well, in 2018, there was $2.6 billion, billion. in grants and scholarships left on the table. $2.6 billion. A billion dollars. That's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. So for me, so the military in general has a lot of scholarships that you can get. And they're not like these gigantic scholarships. They're like $500, $750. A little bit helps. Um, and most of it's like write, <laughs> write a, a letter about why you think you should get the scholarship. Yeah. Um, and I've done it before. I got like a, I, when I was a baby little airman, like, trying to recover from some dumb stuff I did. I went like way above and beyond just because I wanted to like rebuild my reputation from being like the bad kid on the block as an 18 year old. And I ended up winning airmen of the quarter of the entire installation. So I won over all of Nellis, which is in Las Vegas. And 
I got a $1,500 scholarship to any school, like whatever. It was just pretty much like, here's the money. You just have to use it for school. Yeah. Um, and I ended up using it for my books. <laughs> like, yeah. Can I just like chunk out of this, like to pay for books? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the kind of stuff that people just don't think they're like, Oh, well, what am I going to use a scholarship for when I have TA? Well, if you're going to school full time, you're going to run out of TA. Yeah. And so that money's there to help. And if you get a Pell Grant, and there's still $2.6 billion in Pell Grants out there um, and scholarships out there. So you got to think, okay, if you split that in half, that's $1.3 billion, billion dollars in grants. Um, and that's just you go online and fill out your FAFSA. And then they just literally give you money into your bank account. Like, <laughs> there's no there's no rules and regulations on how you – there are what you're supposed to spend that money on. Yeah. Um, but people go out and buy like, shout out, bro, a four wheeler with your Pell Grant. <laughs> and, um, and then you have people who literally can't make ends meet and have to drop yeah. out of college because they don't have money. Yeah. So that's that the big piece. You apply for those scholarships. And if however, however it happened, your class is paid for, your books is paid for. Well, you have more scholarship money to use. Use it on your lunch, your your rent, whatever. I fucking worked at a McDonald's the entire time I was at Sol Ross. It's like, and it still wasn't enough. Yeah. But like, there's no reason if you're going to school like not to apply for that. You gotta find, and you want to know how easy it is. So when I went to Sol Ross, right before I went, my coach, he uh, he hooked me up with a scholarship, sort of. He said, "Hey, apply for this scholarship," and it was this just. Is Permian Basin something scholarship, uh, and all the application took was it was like fill out some little application. It was a standard name, city, address, all, all that stuff, and then uh, an essay on why why you want to go to college, what your degree is going to be in, and why you think you should get this scholarship. Yeah, something very insubstantial. So I was a senior in high school when I when I wrote that, and I and I hand wrote the. The, the essay uh this was before typing everything out was mandatory so i hand wrote this thing and uh like this is how bad i cringe because i came across it not too long ago but i cringe at my writing and it sounded something like uh my name is cruz villanueva i deserve this scholarship because i like football i like school <laughs> i'm gonna get a degree in computer science thank you for your time the end. <laughs> I sounded like a fucking monkey, man. Like I like I had just learned how to how to talk and read and write and it was stupid. But they gave me the money. They're yeah. like, Hey, congratulations, you you you're getting this scholarship. Here's a thousand dollars for the first semester and that thousand dollars they just sent me a check. Like they didn't say, Hey, this needs to be applied uh to your room and board or to to these classes it was just like hey here's a thousand bucks for this semester for your scholarship what i do with that money so it. I, I bought i bought an xbox <laughs> I, I bought an xbox that got stolen about a week later yeah. <laughs> but i mean yeah there's so, just yeah and moral a lot story of, just apply yeah the i don't know what i'm trying to say here but at the end of the day, if you don't have somebody to coach you and mentor you through these things and just simply tell you about them, 
this isn't common knowledge. Like people don't tell you like, Hey, there's all these scholarships that are unused. That's true. It's not go out and apply for them. Um, so my high school was very weird in the sense that I didn't learn this until way later, but my 11th grade year. So my, my junior year, I was forced to take the ASVAB. Like that was non-negotiable. So that's the test you take to join the military. And I'm like 100% sure you cannot be forced to take that test. Yeah, I don't think you can. But we were forced to take it. Like, <laughs> I skipped school with my friends to not take it. And Tennessee, they made us don't fuck around. They made us come back and do like a retest. Like, the Navy and their dress whites were there. And they're like, you got to take this test. Um, and we were like, we're never going to join the military. This is stupid. And then look at me now. Yeah. But took the test. Um, and in that, afterwards, after we took the ASVAB, um, they gave us this big long speech about the FAFSA and going through and learning about grants and don't take loans unless it's your literal last resort and go through and like there's there's scholarships about everything like scholarships because you have blue eyes scholarships because you are under a certain height like there's there's just these absurd scholarships out there and it's like they're most of the time unused because people just don't know about them. Yeah. Um, I applied for a scholarship of families who have more than three kids. Okay, there was five of us. So, okay. And then they were just like, here's 700 bucks. And I was like, yeah. thanks, bro. <laughs> just just dig a little bit, find yeah. a scholarship, um, and apply. Like, it, it might take a little bit of work, but it, it's worth it. I mean, if you're going to go to school and, and you already don't have like a, a full ride offered to you or any kind of scholarships offered to you, just go dig around, look for it. Um, and it's true. These things aren't widely publicized. But and I will say like, hey, like I would use the excuse. Nobody ever told me shit. But that that's a lie. Like teachers and counselors and everybody, they, even people around me, like my brother Chewy or my mom, like they, they tell them. They tell me, hey, like you, you need to look at scholarships. You need to look at financial aid. You need to do these things. But I just wasn't having it. Like I, I wasn't listening to any of that. So that's the other half, right? Like you have to be open-minded and actually pay attention to this stuff because teachers are saying it, counselors are saying it. It's just whether you're listening or not. Um, whether well, if it's piquing your interest, like yeah. is it? Because most people, I won't say most people. A lot of people go to college mainly to play sports unless you're just like the valedictorian and you're going with academics. Um, But when you're going to play sports, you do not care anything about the academia portion of it. You care about when is practice. Uh, That was me. Can I make C's and D's and stay on the team? And (laughs) and, um, And at that point, like you don't really care that much about what you're going to pay at the end of the day. Cause all you care about is I'm going to play football. Yeah. Um, and I mean, for me, like I'm going for like a pretty high degree right now. And as long for me, as long as I keep my GPA over 3.5, um, for the first two semesters, they gave me a thousand dollars for books each semester. Um, and when you're taking two classes a semester, $1,000 will barely cover your books for two classes. Um, so the money's there. You just have to look for it. And then, again, I'll just go back to 
like, what are your intentions with college? And like, what would you say you're going to do with this? (laughs) And if you have no idea, if you are literally going just to check the box, um, yeah, I'm down. Like, I'm down for going to a community college. Yeah. Go the cheapest when re- route and check the box. That's when it really matters, right? Like, uh, like if you're going just to check a box, then you definitely don't want to spend. <laughs> you want to spend as little money as possible. Mm-hmm. So that's when putting in that work for the scholarships and finding schools like Ashford that are that have classes that are only five weeks long and you know all that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's co- college isn't for everybody, and there's some people that that won't go to college. It'd still be fucking very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do go to college, like just, just take advantage of the stuff that's out there. Um, but like the kids, when they when it comes time that they they need to make that decision, uh, as long as they have, I, I guess a goal, like something they're moving towards. Like I yeah. put Michael as an example. Um, like his biggest thing is he wants to have a ranch with horses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as he grows up, uh, he'll understand a little bit more on on what that entails and how much effort that's going to take, how much work that's going to take, and everything that's going to go into it. Um, but if he decides, like, you know what, I'm just not going to go to school. I'm going to go focus on being a ranch and learning how to train horses, and and then from there, eventually get my own land and and get my own horses. Like, if he's going that route because he knows exactly what he's going to do, I will support that. Or, yeah, like, sure. the kids go, hey, I'm – one of the girls is like, hey, I'm just going to – I'm going to do what you did. I'm just going to join the military. Um, I don't want to go to college, at least not now, so I'm just going to join the military and focus on that. Like, okay, like, that's the route you're going? Cool. Yeah. But just you just got to – you got to have a way forward. Yeah, and that's all I'm looking for with the kids is I don't – so, like like I've said many times throughout this whole conversation is education is vastly important to me. Like, I don't think you can ever get enough education. And I say that fully anticipating after I finish this degree. I'm not going back to school anymore, but I also said that after my master's, so we'll see what <laughs> happens. Um, but – I want the kids to go to college. Like I want them to just further their education, but I'm on the same mindset. As long as they're making forward progress and they have a way ahead, um, that's, that's good enough for me. Yeah. And any, I want to support them in anything they want to do as long as it's beneficial to them. So if they want to go, freaking work at Whataburger okay I'm not going to support that for that to be their life goal I'm going to try to push them to do something better although I do have a buddy who's now like the general manager of a a region or regional manager whatever and but he probably didn't start with that as a goal he probably just worked his way to there I don't know if he did but yeah he, he got there but I mean even even to be a manager at Whataburger you have to have a degree Right? Like, to be a manager at a fast food restaurant, you have to have a degree. Um, And, okay, so you're talking, like, to be a manager at McDonald's, you need a degree. Like, that's a fact. So, maybe if you've been there forever and you got grandfathered in before that was a rule, that's not the case. But that is the case now. So Is it really? mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just want... I want the kids to be successful in their own right. Yeah. 
I don't want them to be 30 years old, 25 years old, still living at home, like trying to figure out how they're going to get a ride to work tomorrow. Like I'm not about that life. I want them to be successful, but I also want to support them in whatever their, their own personal journey is. I don't want to enforce my own wants and beliefs of what I want for them onto them. I want them to come up with their own, their own journey. Because I mean, for me, I joined the military when I was 17, graduated high school in May, left for basic in August. Um, and there's no one in my family who's in the military. Like I was a, an anomaly. And I still like, sometimes I'll think back, like, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> Just deciding to leave. Like, um, but now I couldn't imagine it any other way. Like people are always like, oh, you should come back. We have like all these things. Your kids would love them. And I'm like, you couldn't pay me enough to go back because I think internally I just knew that the future I wanted for myself, I was not going to achieve where I was at. Um, and so I just took my own steps, you know, and, and it wasn't without falter or without failing. And it definitely was not with the full support of my family. Um, I mean, my parents had a sign for me to join because I was not 18. I wasn't old enough to make that decision. Um, but they they definitely didn't understand why that was my my way ahead and yeah even though i told them you know i just have to get out of here like i don't want to be stuck i don't want to be trying to figure out how i'm going to pay the bills or just seeing the struggles that people where i'm from went through i didn't i didn't want that for myself and um and i got out and i i broke the i broke the trend and so now Um, there are so many things that I grew up around that were normal to me as a child that are foreign to our kids that I would never want my kids to be like, Oh, that's normal. Like, like the cops come into your house or people go into jail in your family or like people just, Oh, like that's my uncle. He does drugs. Like I Mm. never want my kids to be like, Oh, that's normal. Yeah. I know. So like breaking the trend and just setting your life up for success in ways that, that put you on a forward projecting path. That's kind of where I was at. And that's what I want with the kids, whether that's school or not. I want them to be like respectable, like self, self-improving, I guess. I don't know what word I'm trying to look for, but like self-sufficient adults independent of like society. They're contributing to society without just being a leech (laughs) for everything. Like I'm never going to do anything for my own life. I just want people to like feed into me and then I'm just going to take, take, take. I don't want that for the kids. Yeah. They, they gotta, they gotta produce, right? Don't just be consumers and and lazy assholes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, I felt the same way uh, about El Paso. Like I, I needed to leave. I felt if I stayed, uh, I would, I would not succeed. Yeah. Like, I, and I don't now. I don't think that's true. But that's how I felt. That's definitely how I felt at the time. Yeah. And uh, I can say now, like we could go back to El Paso. Like we could move there, and, and it'd be like, <laughs> like I'm not saying we're going to. I'm saying <laughs> like. We could we could move back there and still be good, right? We'll still yeah. be uh, successful in our own right. Like whatever success means to you, like I, what it means to me, that's what we would be in El Paso. Or if we moved to Tennessee, we would be we would <laughs> we would be that in Tennessee. Like anywhere we moved, 
we've learned so much throughout our journey that we could take it back home yeah. or we could take it wherever we went and, and still thrive, you know? I think it's like, I look, I try to look at it from multiple perspectives. So where I'm from really small town in Tennessee, very few people know where to grow or be successful unless you kind of know people in that arena. Um, yes, you can go to different cities outside of there, travel and go to Nashville, the big cities and be successful in your own right. Um, but I think I look at it differently than El Paso because it's such a huge city with so much growth and potential. Um, but there's also a lot of, a lot of negatives to, to both places. Well, yeah. And there's going to be negatives everywhere you go. It's just how you deal with them. But I mean, like tennis and there's definitely people like, will, would I have been like in the position I am now? Had I stayed in El Paso? Maybe, maybe not. Um, uh, it's a toss up, uh, but that's why I left. But like in Tennessee, you have people like Shane, he stayed, he's, he stayed there in Tennessee. He never left, but he's like, doing extremely well he's an anomaly though well uh, like i mean yeah i don't know so and, and i don't know i, I look know, at but, my family as a whole and there was five of us right yeah and i left and was successful and shane stayed and was successful and the other three are just there yeah. and that that sounds bad and i'm not saying it like as it's bad but they weren't really, like, successful of their own right. They didn't, like, do anything great. They just stayed, and they kind of – they're in that constant cycle of just, like, they have nowhere to go. Um, and that sucks. Like, I knew – Maybe they just haven't found it yet. Yeah. And, but, I mean, I know a, a bunch of people from El Paso, so both ends of the, the spectrum. Some that they stayed in El Paso – and never went anywhere, and now they're they're in a place where I thought I would be. But then there's a shitload of people uh, that they just they blossomed, yeah. you know they they, they got out of uh, I want to say like a small town mindset uh, because that's kind of what I what it felt like, um, and they they blew up right. They did big things. Mm-hmm. They're doing big. They're they're successful in their own right. And that you know, they're living good lives. Like they're happy, yeah. right? At the end of the day, that's what you want. But like, I don't think that would have. Yeah, I don't think that would have been me had I stayed. And if I ever did succeed, it probably would have taken longer than what it is now. Than what it did. Than what it did. Yeah. yeah, I think everyone can go down the paths of the what ifs. What if this? What if that? Like, yeah. what if these changes would have happened? But ultimately, like, as long as we can look at our own lives and say, you know, the decisions we made, whether they were right or whether they were wrong, or whether they were wrong, they put us to where we're at today um, to be successful in our own right. Yeah. And that's all I want for our kids is – I might not necessarily personally agree with their decisions. I might not agree that they're 25 years old and still want to have their own room in our house, right? Um, 
But if they are working toward a goal, even if I disagree with that goal, I'll support them. Yeah. Um, if they're just straight up lazy asses and want to work at a call center and come home and play Xbox all night as a grown adult, like you got to go. Like I've done my part in raising you. I need you to be a functional person of society and figure out what you're going to do with your life. Like if they just had a job and they're living at home with no, like they're not planning anything. They're just working just to work, like to have some, some party money. Yeah. Like that's, that's wrong. But if you, if they're on the mindset like, hey, I'm working here, wherever here may be, and I'm living with you to save some money because ultimately I'm trying to uh, save up for a house or save up for school or save up uh, uh, to move over here to whatever this state is. or yeah. this city or whatever. Like you have a plan and you're moving somewhere. Yeah. Uh, if five years pass and you're in the same spot, even if a year passes and you're in the same spot, something's got to change. Let's re-engage. Like, yeah. Hey, get the fuck out. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just um, whether, I think like we're saying all this in the podcast to say that whether you're virtually learning with your kids at home now or you're trying to figure out what your kid's path is or your own path is, um, whether that's academic, um, career, Whatever it is, you just have to have a a goal, a mindset of where you're moving toward. Yeah. And if if that mindset is my spouse is going to work and I'm going to stay at home and teach the kids, or I'm going to send my kids to school and we're both going to work, um, I think you just got to set the example for your family and do what's best for you and what's best for your family. Um, and then for us, like. We both work full-time. We both go to school full-time. We have kids who go to school full-time. And now we're in this whole quarantine business. But every time, even though our goals change and we re-engage and we, we re-attack and put our goals in different places, we ultimately always have something we're working toward to make the best version of our family that we can have. Yeah, And I think that's all that people really should shoot for is – what's best for your family is probably not what's best for mine and vice versa. And so just do what's best for your your own person. Yeah. Yeah. Individually. Like I think you should always be learning, learning and applying, whether that's going for higher education and and going through college or maybe you're going to a trade school and just learning a a trade, a craft, a skill, or if you're doing self-learning and applying, maybe you're starting your own business, uh, going that route always be learning and applying to something um but if you go college take advantage of everything that's out there do your due diligence um yeah and keep on working for sure right and ask questions i think that's one thing that people are nervous about is just talking to other people who have already gone forth on that path yeah because being scared to ask a question is ultimately going to lead you to still not having the answer that you're looking for. Yeah. Um, I ask people questions all the time and I sometimes get the look of, are you really asking me this question? You're real dumb. And then some like, you just have to know your audience who you're asking what, what your goal is. Well, that's but, what holds people back. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to look stupid asking this question. I'd be looking stupid and, all the time. Yeah. And I, I'm all for the, this saying there's no such thing as a stupid question. 
I disagree with that saying, but uh, I don't. It. I don't. It, it might be stupid to you, but to somebody else, it's completely new. Um, mm. Yeah, you just never know like where that person's at. Uh, yeah, ask questions, and you'd be surprised how many people are, how much people are willing to help out. Yeah, uh, I always feel like I'm bothering people when I ask them about whatever, or maybe I ask for a favor, and uh, you know sometimes the people do feel bothered. But a lot of the time, they're they're happy to help out. Yeah, I would say more often than not, people. I would say more often than not, people are wanting and willing to help you in your way to success. Vice yeah. just shutting you down. Yeah, because there's there's nothing there's not I won't say nothing, but it's such a satisfying feeling to feel to feel useful. Yes. Right, like when you help somebody, like it's such a great feeling. Yeah. And I, and I think when you ask a question or you ask a favor, you're, you're giving people that feeling like they're, I'm useful. Like I have a purpose. I agree. I like it. All right. Well, let's, let's wrap it up. All right. Yeah. You got, you got anything else to say before we close out? I don't. Um, all right. So no guess. Still good. This was awesome. It was a good chat. Uh, go like us on Facebook, uh, follow us on Instagram, uh, go to our YouTube channel and, uh, follow the channel, like the videos, watch the videos. Um, we're coming up with a private Facebook group, the tell me something podcast, private group. Uh, thanks to the idea brought up by our friend Kate. Uh, thanks Kate. Um, We'll be we'll be pushing that out soon, and that's just to uh, keep the conversation going, uh, to involve everybody else that's listening to a podcast. And maybe if you had questions or you just want to push this subject a little bit further, that's what that group's going to be for. Um, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the bottom, give us a five star review. Just click that fifth star, and we appreciate y'all. And thanks for listening. Uh, make sure to subscribe subscribe to the podcast wherever you're at, and. That's it. Don't judge books if you haven't read them. And <laughs> peace out, Cub Scouts. Peace out, Cub Scout. All right. Thanks for listening. Later. Later.